0: Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with TheIndicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is on Infra.Market, a startup that is taking a crack at the real estate and construction industry with a very innovative business model. Joining me on the call to talk about his story is Forbes India's Rajiv Singh. Hey Rajiv, always good to have you on the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Hey Abhishek, how are you? Thanks a lot, man, for having me.
0: Thank you, all is well here. And your introduction to this company, you talk about how it is bidding to disrupt the quote fossilized real estate and construction sector how does the traditional segment work how big is it why do you call real estate fossilized and the construction sector so what
1: is that about this was one sector which was ripe for disruption but nobody uh, tried to do that largely because there is no glamour in it, it it's not a sexy segment to be boss. it's not direct to consumer hardcore b2b or business to retail Business to business, there is nothing called direct to consumer, and nobody tried to bring together, put everything under one same roof. And, and there are three reasons what makes infra dot market very interesting, and the way it has panned out, the play has panned out. First is valuation, second is revenue, and third, as I told you, disruption. If you join these three together, you get a story of why infra market is on the cover. So what what are they doing? What does infra dot market bring to the table? So it's a construction solutions company, you know, think of you're building anything, you are building a road, you are building a, bu- whatever you think of, a, a real estate builder, whatever you need, these guys have that product. The beauty of the entire business model is they don't, they not only have the product, but a chunk of their revenue, a big chunk of their revenue comes from their own private label. If you need cement, they would have market branded cement, apart from other cements, other branded cements that they would provide to the builders if you need concrete name anything you need wires you need tiles you need fans they have their own branded play and, and they don't have a manufacturing unit the most interesting part of the entire thing is this they're all contract manufacturers
0: so in other words if i'm a real estate builder and if i have a new township with a commercial or residential popping up what do i do conventionally Do I go to 15 different vendors to source concrete or tiles and walling solutions? And these guys are saying that we'll offer you a deal where everything comes under one roof. Have I got that right? Is that how it works? Absolutely,
1: man. So as you say, you're a builder and if you want a particular X branded cement, they would provide you. The way they have built the entire model that they have a huge bargaining power with the X brand. So they will source cement from X. And they will give it to you and they will make a margin on it. But this is not the business. The business is what they're doing in their private labels. In in sourcing and giving, you're only making a margin. But in having your own product, you're making huge margin. Because you have everything under your control. You have quality under your control. You have supply under your control. You already have demand with you. So you're no longer playing the role of a mediator. And
0: would that uh, demand a lot of money? in that you have to have huge capital to pour money in.
1: Not exactly, I would say. Why I'm saying ripe for disruption, because this industry, this segment, doesn't require that kind of huge capital initially. It requires out-of-box thinking. The margin in this business is crazy margins. You pick up any product, because most of the products, except steel and concrete, they're all unbranded. You don't have the concept of brand in construction industry cement you will have now, now you're seeing a brand emerging in steel bars but apart from two three products there, there are no brands so that's your margin is huge the only thing that anybody ever needed to do that was to think out of box and you know do something very different you get hold of a guy who is already making concrete imagine and you start taking concrete from them bring your own R&D, tell the guy how to make it what to do and how to be different and then start selling under your own brand that's the name of the game
0: which is basically to say that uh, they are taking on an industry which is largely fragmented and unorganized would that be right
1: absolutely if you look at jsw take for example jsw cements now jsw has been always known for a particular product but if you look at the television commercials these days you can only see jsw paints at. who would have thought a company like jsw would enter into paints or would enter into adjacent segments. You bring all adjacent categories under one umbrella and start selling them. This is exactly what these guys started doing long time back.
0: And by these guys, you mean Aditya Sharda and uh, Savik, Same Gupta.
1: Yeah, Aditya and Savik started the company in 16, kept it bootstrapped for three years, And the company has always been, uh, you know, profitable from first year. Look at the way the valuation has gone up as well as the revenue and the the profit metrics. So all three you have to look together. One can't be seen in isolation. So first time when they raised the seed round, that was June 2019. Valuation at that time of the company was 15 million, one five. Same year in December, second round happened series A. Valuation increased from 15 million to 80 million. Now, exactly after a year, December 2020, Series B happened, which happened to be the third round. Valuation increased from 80 million to 180 million. The turning point happens now. Next round, after a few months in February 2021, valuation jumps from 180 million to 1 billion, and that's how they became unicorn. Tiger Global came on board, Tiger pumped in 100 million, and Tiger was the only investor which participated in this round. February, it happened, be mind you. And then came August, same year. From 1 billion valuation jumped to 2.5 billion. Again, Tiger comes in and pumps in 125 million. And look at the revenue. FY17 revenue was 12 crores. FY20 revenue jumped to 350 crores. And now they are clocking a revenue run rate of 6,000 crores. Profit has increased during the same time from 28 lakh to now 150 crores.
0: There are very few profitable unicorns and perhaps they have figured out a way to be in an industry and meet an unmet need while making money off it. Instead of waiting for amassing X number of users like usually the play is in uh, tech outfits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other interesting thing about these guys are they are not direct to consumer. They are direct to retailers. They were B2B to begin with, but again they went very smartly B2R, which is business to retail, and, and they are now opening their stores, which is open to small retailers, contractors, SM, SME players, if you call them, across across the country. They are not even a pan India player. They are present across only ten cities. Their dealer-owned and operated stores are across 50 cities and town. Now they plan to scale it to 2,000. Imagine if they reach that kind of scale what would be the revenue that they are trying to make?
0: So what's the plan? How will they use the money that uh, the VCs have staked uh, in the the near future?
1: To widen their play, to become a pan-India player, to get into everything, to to export. They've started exporting to countries like Jordan and Dubai and other places, they're exporting tiles. Every product that you need in the construction of either a building or whatever you are constructing. Private labels now make up 60% of their revenue.
0: Who would you call as their competitors? bulk of it is still unorganized, as we spoke. So, who are they competing against?
1: They have direct competition from branded players. For example, if they are selling ties, their competitor would be uh, players like Kajaria. If they are selling bath fittings, their rival would be somebody like Jaguar or other players in the segment. For LED lights and fans, clearly their rivals would be Havels and Bajaj and other guys. The only difference is that while their rivals are direct to consumers, consumers like you and me can go into the shop and buy. Here, consumers like you and me can't directly buy from them. It's open for retailers.
0: So are they betting on the industry's growth, that uh, there is enough for them to sell, not to individual retail customers, but to these whale of uh, customer like builders and the like, where there will be enough
1: demand? I will only give you a sense of what the market might pan out to be by 2026. And these are estimates. Uh, these are bound to, to differ, to, to change. Construction market is pegged is to become $215 billion market by 2026, over the next five years. Cement would be $31 billion, steel would be $66 billion. Aggregates would be $55 billion and concrete would be $27 billion. So the headroom for growth is enormous. And it's not that they're the only one who will make most of it. There is room for so many players to enter into this category and make money.
0: Would one of the challenges, and we spoke about it before we hit record, uh, is that they have spread themselves too thin. They are in so many different uh, mini-industries or sub-segments. Do you see that as one of the challenges to how to you know, rein them all in such that one of them does not pull the other one down? Uh, what, what are some of the challenges uh, in a play like that?
1: That's the biggest challenge, Javi, to do so many things, too many things in one go in such a short span of time. While talking to Aditya, one of the two co-founders, He clearly said that he doesn't have too much time because, you know, he's he's running against time. He's an ambitious guy and both the co-founders are very ambitious. They want to make it a 10 billion revenue dollar company. And they don't have that kind of comfort or bandwidth to take years to build that. And if you're squeezing that into a very small span of time, you need to do things in a very clinical manner. And that's the biggest challenge because they're doing too many things.
0: As co-founders, how do they feed off each other? Both are young and the start to your article suggests that wasn't very easy for them to convince investors over the years, despite the fact that they were profitable. One of them took a dig against one investor saying that, hey, do we need to show losses on our books for you to convince that you guys should invest money in us?
1: No, no, Aditya, Aditya was really frustrated. He didn't, he didn't take a dig or, you know at anybody, but he was frustrated with the entire system. Uh, three years, profitable venture, but nobody was giving them a chance in terms of pumping in money so that they can scale their venture. And the only reason was because nobody understood the business. If you look at the VC ecosystem in India, it has changed a lot. But for a long period of time, people looked for a precedent. Do we have such kind of example in China? Do we have such kind of example in US? Now cut to infradot market, we don't have any kind of example. They, they were not copy and you can't find this model somewhere in, for example, Ola, you have an Uber. For Flipkart, you have an Amazon. Who would be parallel of infrared market? Nobody. So nobody ever understood this. And it's such a fragmented, unorganized business that nobody ever wanted to take uh, a stab at it. So I'm not blaming VCs or analysts or anybody because they also had their hands full and they also had their limitations because there was no playbook. So this is what made them all the more frustrated. And then there is a beautiful synergy between these two guys. Aditya looks after, he's a hardcore sales marketing marketing guy. Sovik is more into finance, investor relation. Because of his background, he, he's a chartered accountant. Finance part of the business is taken care by Sovik and sales marketing and people thing are taken care by Aditya. So that's how they work on it, work with each other.
0: Excellent. I hope we read a little bit more about them, uh, Rajiv. For now, in the interest of time, thank you very much for your time on this podcast.
1: Thanks a lot, Avi. Great talking to you.
0: Great. Lovely. Thank you, Rajiv. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other podcasting applications that you use to consume your content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.